You're listening to Fitzy and Hart on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. Back here for hour number two, W-E-E-I of Fitzy and Hart on the middays during a holiday week. And for right now, it'll just be Hart because you ever have that problem when you're working with somebody and then they just disappear and you don't know where they're gone to. You don't know what they're doing, but you do know they're not helping you do your job. Maybe he's off yelling at the kids. Well, that's the issue I'm facing right now with Nick Fitzy Stevens. First hour, we talked a little bit of Celtics, we talked a little bit of relegation, and we talked a little bit about relegating Fitzy to a different show because he doesn't come back from breaks in time to do his job. Nick Fitzy Stevens, the host that is the lostest right now on a uh, whatever Wednesday. He took whatever Wednesday to a new level. Hey, Fitzy, we're back from break. Yeah, whatever. I'm busy. <laughs> I apologize. I had a technical difficulty back on this end. I have reset my connection and everything is flowing freely and fabulously here on the second hour of WEI's Fitzy and Hart midday program. But Andy, I have professionals, seasoned professionals, trusted co-hosts, co-pilots like yourself that I know can handle things if there is an issue on my end. Obviously, momentarily. obviously, we're like the Patriots offense. If one guy doesn't make a play. OK, bad example. Wait. Wait, hold on. Which one of us is Patricia? Which one of us is Judge? <laughs> no, I think we're actually uh, John O. Smith and Hunter Henry running into each other, and now we're both hurt, and we're both out of the game. All right, so what was your reaction when you heard last night? Uh, I feel like the I feel like the news hit around suppertime. Uh, I caught it a little bit later last night. The issue, uh, the news that uh, the Red Sox, uh, they blanked around and they found out Nathan Evaldi uh, has left. He did not take the qualifying offer a while ago. Uh, apparently, they weren't in good faith negotiations. Seems like they may have had no interest in bringing him back whatsoever. Evaldi signs for half of the deal that he signed with the Red Sox when he came back from the World Series. It was a four-year, $68 million deal. Now he leaves two years, $34 million, and that's $34 million straight cash home because ain't no state income tax down in Texas. Joining the Rangers, who have been on an off-season spending spree. Who's starting for the Red Sox? Who's the ace of the staff this year, Andy? Who's pitching for the Red Sox? And I'll, t I'll ask you this. when You you don't have a great catcher now. Uh, your Mookie Betts trade, absolute disaster. It sucked. Uh, I don't know who your shortstop is. I know who you hope the shortstop of the future is, but he's not going to be ready for at least a year, if not possibly two. So you've got a shortstop of the future who played second base last year where you'd prefer to have him. But now he's your current shortstop. Oh, by the way, he's got a little bit of a bum arm, so he's not uh, quite the fielder that he used to be playing shortstop in Trevor Story. He had a lousy first season with the Sox between health and COVID and kids and everything else. Your outfield's a mess. Hey, you signed, uh, you signed a light-hitting Japanese outfielder who seems like maybe he can get on base, but most people thought you overpaid for him the same way the Red Sox overdrafted Cole Strange. The ace of the staff uh, can't ride a bike without freaking breaking his wrist. Oh, but I, you I rebuilt the bullpen. Yeah, they have five number ones. I don't five know them, ones. but I'm sure they have five of them somewhere. Like, it's like no, like, the Evaldi thing to me, like, the guy's a workhorse. He's still very dependable. Wait, He's he makes solid. money. No, 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 wait. It's, it's very simple. He makes money. They want no one who makes money unless it's someone that wants to make money who they've never seen play on United States soil. Like, it, it, it did this surprise you? 
Yes, it's actually, was, it's actually gotten so bad, Andy. It, it's it, it to this point now where it's like, you tell me. Obviously, we're the flagship station of your Boston Red Sox. Like, I feel bad for Lou Merloni. He's going to be calling a bunch of like five-one games this year. Yeah, but you know, they'll save money and they'll be on a budget and on a plan. Their five-year plan is phenomenal. It's the one-year plan that's problematic. <laughs> no, I just I don't. Like, I don't, to me, this is a you problem. Like, if you thought Evaldi was coming back, that's a you problem. He had a good year, and he was going to make good money. The contract actually could be up upwards of sixty plus million dollars if he if he doesn't get hurt and he pitches. I think three hundred combined innings over mm-hmm. the two years of the deal. It's it's like automatically vesting player option. Um, so I just they're not spending money to retain their own players. Have you missed that part of the, uh, nope. the narrative in recent years? That and I don't get is... it. Like we can all well, poppy anybody who asks, right. anybody yep. who asks, big poppy, whoever will tell you, yep, it's it's special to play in Boston. Once you find guys to play in Boston, keep them in Boston. Heimblum doesn't care about that. That's just the reality. Look at his actions. Don't don't listen to him because if you listen to him, he might lull you into. Oh, this guy's a priority, or no, we want to do that, or we're the Boston Red Sox, and we're going to do this, and we're going to... No, just look at his damn moves, and you don't have to like his damn moves. Although some people, Adam Jones, a noted expert on the Boston Red Sox, due to some controversial times at Fenway Park, uh, thinks they may have acquired a superstar from Japan. That that could be a superstar upside, and you didn't overpay. You'll end up underpaying for your new... I mean, slap-hitting outfielder is what people call him when they want to be a little bit uh, derisive to his, you know, his future. No, I mean, like, he, I've, you know, I've, uh, what, can, what can you make of watching Japanese highlights? Like, you can see, like, the guy's got a nice swing. He's quick, good contact hitter. Terrific. But, like, there was a dearth of power in the outfield last year, correct? Yeah. Okay, you swap your DH for an, uh, a guy that's older on the dot. So you, go, you swap J.D. Martinez for Justin Turner. Value move. Oh, good. Buy a brick. Sweet Caroline. You get the slap-hitting Japanese outfielder on a five-year $90 million deal. Your rotation is weaker. Your bullpen is stronger. Your in your infield is infinitely weaker now. Uh, and, and also, uh, your third baseman, your franchise player, the cornerstone, the last of the remaining studs that you had a couple years ago when everyone in the world, everyone at least in Major League Baseball, if not the world, admired the talent on the Red Sox, mostly homegrown, now he may walk because you can't agree to terms on a long-term deal with him when everyone in the world is like, just present him one of those oversized novelty giant blank checks and get it done. And they're hemming and hawing. So why don't, we, why don't we just call them the anti-Celtics? We just finished talking about why the Celtics are good. Well, because they have good young players that they drafted that are hitting their prime together and reaching their potential together. And we're talking about giving... Jalen Brown, a super quadruple extra max deal at $50 million a year. And we're watching the Boston Celtics, who are the team in this town that spent the most first. That's yep. the reality. In like late 80s, in the Roger Clemens era, straight through. Like they were a spender. They were the Boston Red Sox. They were competing with the Yankees. They were giving Manny Ramirez money, right? Like all along the way, they were spenders. Now, they're not, and they're in last place. Yep. People aren't watching them. They're not entertaining. And in this offseason where you come off last place, the old Red Sox might have felt some pressure to to give eyeballs a reason to return to the team, correct? And some people uh-huh. would say that's a bad thing. If you felt that pressure, uh, well, you're not really doing what's in the best interest of the football team or the baseball team. 
they clearly don't feel any pressure to return eyeballs to the team, right? Because they have done nothing. No, they don't. They're taking they're taking you, and this is what I want to throw to the audience, Andy, because we got to try to get back on the clock and hit the break. We trend, but I, I honestly like I think the Red Sox because of the four World Series championships in the first two decades, four more than our parents, our grandparents, and grandparents' parents probably saw in their lifetime. I think the Red Sox, or at least Fenway Sports Group, feels as though now it is only their responsibility to field a semi-watchable, semi-competitive team. Well, they failed. Bloom is going to build a 60% cheaper team that is going to stay competitive, not embarrass the city, but certainly never keep up with the inflated payrolls of the Yankees, of the Mets, of teams that are desperate and starving for World Series. They're more interested in their hockey teams and in potentially acquiring NFL franchises than they are in your Red Sox. And to me, it's an embarrassment. Well, because if that's if you're the gonna goal, be the Red Sox, you need to you need to spend, live, and build like you're the damn Red Sox. Okay, I'll even I don't care about that. If you don't want to be the old Red Sox that compete was competing for the AL East and competing with the Yankees and spending, okay, let's just say you were right and they wanted to produce a sixty percent facsimile that would be kind of competitive. Mm-hmm. Failed miserably. You weren't competitive. You weren't entertaining. You were an embarrassment to little league coaches. Never mind to Alex Cora. The defensive play last year, the base running, the things they oh. did, they were not representative of a major league baseball team. You were in last place. You trailed the Orioles, which is always the barometer in my book of just how bad you are, and that's what you were. You Forget the old Red Sox. You weren't a mediocre major league baseball team. You were terrible, and you've done nothing, really, of substance. Okay, you got a closer. I'll give that substance. You, you got a closer. You, other than that, you've done nothing. Of A closer is only valuable if you score runs and have a lead heading into the ninth inning. I'm mm-hmm. not sure this baseball team is going to be in position to utilize its fancy new co- closer all that many times this year. But you failed to be mediocre. If you wanted to be a facsimile, you failed at that. You, I don't know, I was going to say something mean, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Feel free. Honestly, this is the place. we've been dealing with people getting out there. Foxborough frustrations all week long. I see people still want to discuss that very topic, and I don't blame you. But now, if you want to vent and get out your Fenway frustrations, go right ahead, because I think the Red Sox are doing you the long-term, yes, not-so-long-suffering Fenway faithful a disservice with the way they are running operations from last season through this offseason, and what kind of team they're going to mount in 2023 is well beyond me. 617-779-7937. That's the telephone number. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the telephone number if you'd like to get in touch with the Fitzy and Hart program, aka the Six Ring Guys, aka the Midday Show here during the holiday hump week as we look to close out two thousand twenty two with a signature Mike Breen voice, bang, and welcome in two thousand and twenty three. Hopefully, on some high notes, and we believe that your Bruins are kicking ass. With tanker gas on the ice, melting the ice beneath them because the skates have been so hot. Yes, it was a shootout loss last night, but man, that goalie that they went up against in uh, Ottawa, what did it, 49 saves on the night? Uh, just an unbelievable effort, but still, the Bruins are awesome. The Celtics, they're doing great as well. But now 50% of the teams in Boston sports who are responsible for 10 of the championships we've experienced since we flipped the century and started the millennium 
are nowhere near competing at the level they used to or nowhere near coming close to being able to say that they are honestly in pursuit of a championship as well. We'll get to the Patriots in just a little bit, but right now I'm angry as can be. I'm angry heart style. I am jumbo heart full of frustration. I am a slightly taller tower power sour right now about the way the Red Sox are looking. And here's why, Andy. Why is there a height joke in there? Because I like to say sometimes I like to always say that you are the tiny tower of sour power. He grumples Dilskin, uh, the man built from Minecraft parts who is angrier than anyone else in town. I I appreciate the energy and the passion you bring to certain topics that sometimes I may have a deficit in. And right now I feel like I'm the angrier one because I just like it's back to your entertainment principle. It's also like don't dupe. It's I don't want to be duped. I don't want to be like, you know, hey, everyone, come come on down to friendly Fenway Park and, you know, pay thirty seven dollars for a souvenir and nineteen dollars for a hot dog. So you can watch what? The quadruple-A Red Sox get their asses handed to them by the Tampa Rays, who have had a better offseason, by the Yankees, by the Orioles. Like, they were a joke last season. It, they were an honest-to-God joke. And the team that they're going to trot out this year looks right now on paper to be jokier. And the fact that they're not rewarding their own guys that you can that, that have been, like, some of the building blocks or at least, like, the, the pillars you could lean against. Like, you don't owe Nathan Evaldi anything else for 2018. But for God's sakes... The guy can still get out there and bring it close to 100 on the gun and give you seven three run, seven innings, three runs, and nine strikeouts, usually once every fifth day or once, or once every two weeks. Like, that's not good enough to hold on to for a year or two longer? I'm glad you used the word duped because I don't know how many times you've watched uh, recent High and Bloom press availabilities through the offseason. He dupes me. I'll be honest with you, because like I go in thinking something. He's a pretty smooth talker, and I sometimes yes, buy the crap, and I'm like, oh, okay, I feel better about their plan, and then I then I like slap myself in the face and like, no, don't fall for it. They're not doing anything. They're not a better ba- baseball team now than when the season ended. They didn't add to this roster. No, no, no. They let Sander go. They traded bets, and we had a uh, a tweet that criticized. Why well, you get off Bloom? It's Henry and Werner. You need to rip Bloom's just doing what he is. No, no, no. Bloom isn't doing what he's supposed to do. You said it. I can buy the idea that maybe they brought him in to be a 60% facsimile, to trade Mookie Betts, to maximize that asset into other younger assets and build the team a different way on a different budget. He's not good at that. He hasn't done that. If he had blown away the Betts trade and we were talking about those pieces and like, wow, he really nailed that. You know, I know they don't sign people for $300 million anymore, but they turn those people. No, no, no. Bets he traded for nothing for Verdugo, fun little player, nice little player, and he let Xander go for nothing. You got nothing. You mismanaged that so poorly that you thought you were close and you were still at least $120 million away. And now, now what do I read from June Lee? Now I read they are, quote, galaxies away from Devers. Galaxies. Oh, not light years. No. Galaxies. Oh, galaxies. I, I, is, I think it's more. I'm not sure. I'm not big on the uh, science, but uh, either way, not good. So, Heim Bloom is a fast talking guy who can, can kind of pull you in with his eyes and his smile and his quotes, but look at his actions and his actions, much like his baseball team, suck. Yeah. I just, I, again, people in this town have listened to, read about, shared opinions and watch the Red Sox long enough that you can't just imagine they're going to see the uniform be, you know, so impressed by the four World Series trophies and everything that's happened 
God, we are stuck in like complete, like this complete history haze, Andy. It's like you're supposed to see Gillette Stadium and go like, oh no, Brady, Belichick, Gronkowski, Edelman, Welker, I'm afraid. Oh no, it's McGinnis and Brewski. Like they're not, they're all gone. They're gone, long gone. And you see Fenway and you're like, oh, Poppy's going to probably win another big one or here comes Papelbon out of the bullpen or Pedro's going to deliver seven score. Like they're gone. They're long gone. So any of the fear, any of the aura, the the mystery, like what was that famous line? Or like aura and mystery, like in, in the Bronx, Schilling said like they were like da- like uh, lap, lap dancers or something at a nightclub in the Bronx or something like like it's it's just a joke. It's like completely in the rear view now. And when, what I see the Red Sox are doing now. Yes, Bloom is doing lots of smooth talking. No, we're not hearing much from management at all. I think they're kind of absentee at this point. What I what I feel like we're getting is a hey, there's been plenty of success. Like we'll figure this out, but just let us know. Like we're smart enough fans. Let us know what the plan is. That's all. Like at least like I'm I'm a full disclosure type of guy. I love knowing the rules of engagement. And if they want to come out and say like, hey, we had a we we made a great run. We got a little ahead of schedule. We're recalibrating. We're trying to integrate major league established talent of our own that we can hold on to with some free agents while we develop these guys and we want to build a perennial contender for a decade or generations to come fine just come out and say it but i get all of these like well-worded patrician if you will diatribes from bloom and others and whenever sam kennedy makes his appearances on the greg hill show like they're getting to a point now i don't believe a single word coming out of any of their mouths yeah i don't either and and that's it's problematic but they can't come out and be honest right like why not because they don't have the the cachet certainly bloom doesn't like when belichick came out and said we're not as invested as we've been in the past in the cam newton season people ripped him and that's bill belichick if heim bloom says you know we're we're ahead of schedule and we're trying to recalibrate the books and like even that when it was obvious that's what they're doing that's a hard sell. That Now you're really just banking on people coming to Fenway Park because it's Fenway Park? Oh, the, see that out there, honey? That's called the Green Monster. This right here, it's called a Fenway Frank. Like, no, no, no. There still is supposed to be a baseball team. There's still supposed to be something you could get excited about when you're watching other than taking a selfie with your girlfriend in front of the freaking wall. Oh, my God. Like, that's basically, that's what it's turned into. That's exactly what it's turned into. If they just want to come out at this point and say, like, we have turned Fenway into, you know, the baseball, uh, a living baseball museum entertainment complex and, and you know, selfie stick opportunity, fine. Then that's great. And I'll focus my sports fan, my rabid sports fanaticism and my Boston sports passion elsewhere. I'm the Celtics. If I'm just fine. Make me a, give me a reason to be a bigger hockey fan. I can't stand up on skates. I didn't grow up a big hockey fan. The Bruins always make me feel better about loving hockey and Bruins fan. Whenever I watch or I, I'm lucky enough to go to a game and the causeway is probably the best hang in terms of like pregaming or tailgating in town. Give me a re, give me multiple reasons because th- those of us, the lazy dads, the, the, the baseball loving romantic natural field of dreamers out there are getting really frustrated by the approach that Fenway Sports Group has taken. To the phones we go. I see there are some frustrated Fenway faithful out there. We got Gary in the car. Hi, Gary. Welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Oh, so, hanging in there, my guy. It's a hump day on the holidays. All right, real quick on this point, and then I got one thing I want to say to Hart. Hmm. Um, 
I think the only way they can save this is if they get Otani. I'm hoping that's why they got a Japanese player because Otani, I think, is going to pretty much set the last real big contract other than inflation-wise because there's going to be no one who can say they do what Otani does. He's a top-five pitcher, top-five hitter. He's built. He's a big guy. He's going to last. He's going to be durable. And I think he's going to be somewhere around probably 50 mil a year. And then after that, there isn't going to be anyone who can really say what he does. I mean, if you think of the Sox right now, what could they do with Otani? He'd give you a top-five pitcher, and that's in one player, and then a, a power bat. But that's an awful plan by Hein Bloom. I mean, he's completely destroyed the team, and they got to start at least with Devers at 11 and 330. Now, real quick, my point with Hart, I'll start off by saying, Hart, man, you – you definitely do a great job because this job is all about having people hate your guts and want to rip your face off. And, and you're doing an awesome job at it, buddy. And here's my thing with you. I tried to call for three days because you're all over Belichick. And what I want to know is, like, what do you want the guy to really say publicly? Like, if you think you're smarter than Bill Belichick and he, you know more than he does, that he doesn't know his offensive coordinator sucks, that he doesn't know that – you know, the offense isn't correct, that he doesn't have the right players. I just don't know really what you expect him to do or say publicly other than to support his guys and try to work with what he has. So, first of all, appreciate the compliment. I'll take it as a compliment. Uh, Damn straight, kid, it is. You you realize he did Save that drop, please, Nick. <laughs> you, you realize he didn't have to hire Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to run his offense. We were This wasn't second-guessing. We all said, Bill, what are you doing? This is a terrible idea. That would be my question. But do you think that he doesn't know that now? Yeah, now. Why and didn't he like, know it then? Whoa, 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 whoa. Why didn't he know it then when the rest of the world knew it? Because I feel like managing and coaching is pretty similar. I've, I've managed people for 30 years, and what I think is – I think you can take really good managers and have them lead people because it's all about how they lead people. And he probably made that mistake of thinking he could do that with really good coaches and have them just teach and lead people in a certain dynamic of the job. And it's apparent he's probably learning a life lesson that he can't do that anymore. You know, and it's unfortunate for him. It's on the offensive side, which is not his strength. If it was defensively, he probably wouldn't have any issues. But, I mean, I'm a Giants fan for, you know, 40 years, and I watch every single Pats game. I think Brady's fantastic. I think Brady's the greatest player that's ever played. And I think both of them are coming to a realization that it was both of them together, and I think Brady's going to come back. I think Hoya hangs in the back for a couple of years, and uh, they trade Mac Jones. I would trade Mac Jones, and I'd get picks for him. You got Zappi as your backup who sits there and tows the company line. You bring Brady back. That starts to get you good players back. The other mistake that Belichick made was, and th- this is the other thing, Hart, you give him no credit for rebuilding a team. He's rebuilt the Patriots three times. I get that he had Brady to do that, mm. but if you think about it, okay, he started with the, yes, the Bar- the Parcells era where he had that initial 01 team. Yep. Then he brought in the 03, 04 team, which was basically Corey Dillon and his drafted wide receivers in Dion Branch. Then he rebuilt the team again when he went with Moss and Welker. Then he rebuilt the team again when he went with Grock and Edelman. Absolutely. He built the team around Brady. It was easy to do because he always had Brady there. 
So you, like he, he is, is living off his resume. Who cares? Who cares? He's living off his resume. He's living off his resume. What's he doing now? What's he doing now? You have a better Thanks coach. Thanks for right the now. time, guys. I appreciate it, though. Thanks that for was the an call. Excellent. That was an excellent call. Good to get the calls back in gear the way they were most of Monday and a large part of Tuesday as well. Good passion and itinerary. A little back and forth with Jumbo. I know Andy always likes to mix it up like that. He I especially do. loves when he. <laughs> I think Andy especially loves when he says, "Your job is to make me hate you." And you're damn straight, and I want to rip your face off. <laughs> That's my new favorite. Damn straight, kid. It is. But, I mean, so while we wait to see what Bill does this offseason and Mm -hmm. while we wait to see how what he does this offseason plays out next season, Mm -hmm. you know what we'll do? We'll revisit his resume. Let's go back to 2004 when things were good. We'll talk about Dion Branch, David Givens, one of my favorite players that ever came through town, most underrated receiver they've ever. Let's do, we'll live in the Who they valued so much they let him go to Tennessee. This is great. We are now the Bears and the Raiders, because you know what those two teams do? They live in the past. Yeah, I'm going to get out my Mike Singletary jersey and wear my Mike Ditka sweater. We were awesome in 85. Yeah, 04 Pats for life. We'll keep living off the past. Or we could assess what's going on right now and what they're doing right now, including Bill Belichick, is not overly impressive. By the way, he also took a shot at Bill, so he thought it was dumb for Bill to sign John O. Smith and Hunter Henry. Yeah. Like Dang using his own kid, it is. Using his own criteria, he said it's <laughs> dumb to give the weapon early. You wait a few years. I mean, it was so dumb of the Bengals to give Jamar Chase to Joe Burrow. I, I the idiocy of that move to just waste Jamar Chase on Joe Burrow. Stupid. A uh, couple quick things before we uh head into the break and try to finish up this uh zesty second hour of the hump day edition of Fitzy and Hart the Midday Show here Holiday Week WEEI. Uh, number one, Andy, I'm not sure if you saw this, uh, just cleaning up some socials and internetings, if you will. A lot of tweets coming at us now. I like when people communicate with us every way possible. I like I like fielding tweets in the show. I like the fact that we have the text line that you're monitoring. I like the phone calls, especially when they're like impactful, impassioned, like Gary's was just there a minute ago. I'm not sure if you saw this. Uh, who was the highest graded wide receiver this week, according to Pro Football Focus? Kendrick Bourne. Good thing we haven't thrown to him. And here's the thing. Want to see who he's up there with? The other receivers on that list? Oh, you know, no one. Just CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith. Those guys, 
Uh, how come we can't get players like that? Oh, wait a second. We actually have one on there who, when given the opportunity, can make plays. Let's bench him because he gave uh, the offensive line assistant play caller guy the side eye in the preseason. Yes. Jesus Christ. It's Kendrick You're not actually going to put Kendrick Bourne in the skill level. With no, those I'm players. not, but it's just We absurd. don't have one of those um, guys. We don't. My favorite tweet of the last 24 hours, at It's Boston Cream. Excited to watch the Patriots hire Bill O'Brien as a defensive coordinator next season. Oh, cheap shot. <laughs> uh, reasonably, reasonably witty, though. Uh, and not bad. Uh, according to reports, uh, Andy Teddy Bridgewater uh, preparing to start Sunday. He is in line, according to our producer, Nick LaPan. Teddy Bridgewater in line to start Sunday for the Miami Dolphins. Here it is right here uh, from Shefty just a couple minutes ago. Carnage in the streets. Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel told reporters that QB Tua Tagovailoa did, in fact, suffer a concussion Sunday. Bridgewater in line to start at New England. Wow. Dude, that's three in a season for him. He's mm. got to shut it down. The right. You cannot start him the rest of the way. Yeah, he's damaged goods, which may just allow them to move on to Thomas Edward Brady. Oh, holy smokes. Oh, holy smokes. I thought we lost Fitzy there for a minute. No. No, you just gave us the you second half it. of the show. Well, isn't my... The door is now ajar. Because everybody, a few weeks ago, it was like, two is an MVP candidate. Guess that closes the door on Brady to Miami. Nope. The door is ajar. Bong, 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 bong. He absolutely. Like, you can't. All right. Well, we'll unpack this and examine this uh, further. But uh, in case you dismiss it, spoke moments ago, tweeted out just a few minutes ago from Adam Schefter. Dolphins HC Mike McDaniel told reporters QB Tua Tungavaloa did, in fact, suffer a concussion Sunday. Uh, editors note here that's three on the season or at least two uh, and one undiagnosed. Teddy Bridgewater is in line to start Sunday at New England. So Teddy Bridgewater will quarterback the Dolphins in the possible rain Sunday with the playoffs on the line against the Patriots. How do we feel about that? And do you think there's any chance Tua starts again this season, maybe ever, in the NFL? And could this open the door for Tom Brady? Well, didn't this show just get turned up on side its head? 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. It's Fitzy, it's Hart, it's you, it's Middays on WEEI. Damn straight, kid, it is. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OC. I guess even back then you can call me. That's the nature of work in sports radio, being in sports news, sports opinionating, sports entertainment, Andy. We can merrily be walking down the road, working our way down Jersey Street, buying some expensive concessions and souvenirs lobbing grenades the way of the Boston Red Sox for the way they have run their offseason and operations over the past 18 months. And next thing you know, you get a potential bomb drop or at least like a huge news dump like this. Once again, if you just happen to be joining the show, it's Fitzy and Hart. Middays here during the holiday hump week on WEEI at Six Rings Pod, at Jumbo Hart, at Fitzy GFY. Adam Schefter, about 15 minutes ago, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel tells reporters QB Tua Tagovailoa did, in fact, suffer a concussion Sunday. Bridgewater is in line to start Sunday at New England. Before we get into what this means for the game on Sunday, Andy, in the long term, which you pointed out right before the break, I just want to say, just as human, football fan, whatever, dad, I, you name it, like, I don't want to see Tua play again. Like, Ever? Like, this kid, I don't. No, Andy, there are people like I have a friend whose daughter suffered a concussion in high school. She has had long lingering effects from this thing for years. 
I, there are probably a million people right now going like, that has nothing to do with Fitz. He shot up. And there's probably some people that are like, actually, yeah, he's making a point because I have a friend or I had one or I, I know someone who had one and off and on uh, has had issues with it, light issues, headaches, cognitive disorders. Like, it's a big deal. But if this guy's had at least two, one of which had him go into that, uh, what is it, fencing position? Am I, am I yeah. right? Yep. So he went in on national TV, well, streaming internet television, whatever you want to call it. He goes into the fencing position on national television after he had had an, likely an undiagnosed concussion just four days prior, which caused a complete overhaul to the concussion spotting and diagnosis process in the biggest sports league in North America. Which clearly now, works. Because no, no, now no. they don't spot another one after he gets his head slammed to the turf. He didn't know the plays they were running. He threw three unbelievable interceptions on successive drives, on consecutive drives. He throws picks, killing the game for Miami. If Bridgewater comes in, they beat the Packers. They're in a different position. Like, it's a mess. It is, a, And this poor kid's head is a mess. You can't play him anymore. Yeah, see, I'm not willing to go there because I'm not a doctor, although... I think honest doctors. On TV? No, I think honest doctors will even tell you the the unknown of concussions is still greater than the known. The information just isn't there. It's not a not a black and white. Oh, I can run this test, and here's the problem you have. Here's what's going to happen in three weeks. Here's what's going to happen in three years. And that's the most unfortunate part of this to me is the unknown of concussion science right. is. And should he consider it? Probably. Like if you were being a a really responsible human being, should he consider his football career being over? Yes. Is that the hardest decision he's going to have to make? Absolutely. Between yeah. the money and the passion and, like, just think of it. Forget the money. Let's just say Tua does have to walk away. I got to think he's going to face depression immediately. Like, you're a young prime of your career just getting the taste of the fruits of your nfl labor like tyree kill jalen waddle and i can never play again like you don't a think coach that, that believes in you talent everything that, yeah everything. Like that's he's depression. got the most ideal like, situation sorry to step on your words he's got the, you're right he's got the most ideal situation he would probably have in the pros and it's torn from him because of a medical situation which he's not even 100 percent sure he has to walk away you know what i mean like the unknown of that and dealing with that transition, hell, we talk about Tom Brady not being able to walk away. At least Tom Brady's gotten to enjoy the success of his talents and his labors for two decades. I just think that would be, that's a really difficult decision. And this is where I do say, you know, you hope he has a good group around him, not just in the Dolphins, doctors, advisors, those things, but parents, I don't know if he's married, has a girlfriend, whatever, people that are going to look out for his best interests as he faces this issue. But it... It's scary. I mean, I remember having the conversation with Mike Wright, Patriots defensive lineman, who had to retire from concussions because he couldn't watch TV, couldn't have the lights what? on in his room, couldn't have. Oh my like, god! Really? All, yeah. And it was. I, it was. By a the tough way, underrated discussion. Patriot Andy. Oh, really, really good, good player. Good really player. good player. And it was a tough discussion to have because you have that discussion with this guy, and then like three days later, you go watch, you know, Derwin James blow somebody up, and you're like, oh, that was all like. It's this weird world we live in of NFL. We know it's barbaric. We know it's a terrible game. As Brady likes to say, we know there's like a 100% injury rate. If you play it, you're going to get hurt. It's just how much damage does it do long term. It's such a tough balance because we love it. We can't get enough of it as as fans in, in the United States, right? It is so popular. It's addictive, but it's it's really a barbaric, violent sport that leads to things like this. Yeah, it's 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 just super unfortunate. It really, really is. Like, 
it's just so sad to think that this poor guy's bell has gotten rung so many times and what sort of like long tenured like there could be some serious ramifications that he may have to deal with in the short term and the long term and you pointed out what now why could the dolphins who earlier this season were probably sold lock stock and barrel on the idea of Tua being their franchise quarterback on Mike McDaniel linking up with him them seeing eye to eye being a perfect like you know young young talent and the young head coach who can relate to him so they're sort of in a peer based quarterback to coach relationship things are moving along swimmingly because they've got like two of the fastest receivers in the NFL on the team team is built on speed the Shanahan concepts are all working out now the guy's got three concussions in three quarters of an NFL season like you can't like in good like in good conscience, they should shut the Finns franchise down if they play this guy again this year. Well, like, he, he I can't mean, I, play the rest of the year. I don't necessarily agree with that because, again, as Bill famously says, I'm not a doctor. Like, are you supposed to? And, and you can do this. Mike Tomlin has done this famously. But you you can say, no, 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 I'm not going to risk it. I think Mike Tomlin once said, I wouldn't play you if you were my son, so I'm not going to play you as your coach. You can mm-hmm. do that. But if a doctor comes to you and say, nope. He should be good to go. He's cleared everything. We don't see any reason why he can't play. You're not going to play him? Like, that's a tough decision to make as a coach. He's your starting quarterback. You believe he's the better quarterback. Although I don't – I still think Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty good quarterback. And, I, yeah. you know, we can talk about that as the Patriots defense faces yet another backup this year. And you're going to say, I know more than the doctors. I'm not going to play him because I don't think it's right. That That's tough as the uh, – you're running a multi-billion dollar franchise. Well, there's the news, folks. Teddy Bridgewater will be starting for the Dolphins on Sunday in a do-or-die game for the New England Patriots, a team that we asked yesterday, do you even want to see make the playoffs? Does this improve their chances of beating the Dolphins on Sunday? Or actually, does this improve Miami's chances of winning the game, seeing how steady, accurate, and pro-ready a veteran like Teddy Bridgewater can be? The elements could be pretty wild Sunday in Foxborough. We'll take a look at this game further. Get your thoughts on it. Plus, we'll talk about yesterday's meet and greets with Matt Patricia. Uh, all the different stuff that we heard from the coaches and the coordinators yesterday, as well as Gerard Mayo saying he would like to be a head coach again. Could Denver come calling sometime soon, considering they need a head coach after firing Nathaniel Hackett? 617-779-7937. That's the phone number. It's the lunchtime hour here on Middays. Fitzy and Hart, W-E-E-I.